Welcome to the FedSpeak podcast, the Canadian edition, brought to you by MI Market News. I'm Greg Quinn in Ottawa. With me today is Pedro Antunes, Chief Economist of the Conference Board of Canada. Uh, Pedro, I believe, started his career as, as a forecaster at the Bank of Canada, and at the Conference Board, he's often called upon to advise the federal government about fiscal and monetary policy. So uh, thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Greg. Uh, let's jump into the, the main economic news of the week here. The, the Bank of Canada on Wednesday uh, held interest rates at 4.5%, and it, it affirmed what it called a conditional pause, a plan to keep interest rates unchanged after eight prior increases. The condition is its view that inflation will slow to around 3% by mid-year, and then all the way back to its 2% target in 2024. If, if that condition isn't met, it said the door is still possibly open to a rate hike, but it believes it's on the sidelines now. Pedro, I'd like to start with your inflation view. Do you see that kind of a path for inflation that the Bank of Canada has talked about slowing even in, over the next few months in a significant way and then firmly getting back to 2% next year? Well, in fact, yes, uh, very much so. I think we have uh, inflation continuing to trend down. Uh, obviously, there may be hiccups uh, along the way, but I think most of the underlying kind of the fundamental pressures that we're looking at should continue to bring uh, inflationary pressures down. Monetary policy is working in Canada. You know, essentially the central bank, let's not fool ourselves here. Uh, the central bank is uh, trying to essentially hit consumer spending down. And uh, consumers have already been impacted by the very fast appreciation or uh, 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 inflationary pressures. Those have eroded income. So that's essentially one of the pieces that's taking away from the excesses in the economy. But of course, that's not good news for the bank. Uh, the bank wants to, in, in fact, uh, get consumers to ease up even more by, well, a little bit of saber rattling and threatening and saying, you know, interest rates are coming up and then acting on that to essentially take a real bite out of consume, uh, out of households disposable or, uh, you know, uh, available income, if you'd like. So uh, where has that worked? Well, it's worked in real estate markets. We've seen home prices coming down. Uh, I think we're seeing, still seeing rental rates come up because they're, they're catching up still with the very high level of home price appreciation that we saw over the last three years. Uh, but certainly at least, uh, you know, the trend is, is heading down there. Um, the other uh, the other important piece is consumer spending is normalizing. We're seeing an easing in retail activity, uh, especially for consumer durable goods. That's things that we used to fill our homes, uh, you know, appliances. But through the pandemic, we went crazy buying, you know, essentially mountain bikes, camping equipment, kayaks, everything. We couldn't travel. We couldn't consume uh, on uh, services and, and food and restaurants. So we essentially uh, purchased all these things. That consumption is starting to normalize and higher rates are having an impact on that. And the uh, Statistics Canada is in fact telling us that inflation on durable goods is coming down. It's negative. And we know that inventories uh, for wholesalers and retailers are very high. So that should keep those pressures coming down as well. And then I think if I might just say one last piece that I think is perhaps a little different than whatever, how everybody else views it, but 
Um, when we look at the addition to the very strong labor market impact that we've had, uh, in, in fact, employment numbers have been on a tear, really, over the second half of 2022. Uh, and we just got the numbers uh, for uh, February of this year. You know, we saw very strong employment growth in January and February. Uh, holding up essentially, so there's some some concern about that because oh well you know the the economy isn't getting hit isn't slowing down enough, but I think a lot of that job gain is due to we've essentially opened the doors to immigration in the last year, uh, not just permanent residents but non permanent. So we have I think we're going to see about a million people once we have the final tally, a million people that have come into the country uh, in 2022. We have three quarters of that, so we're three quarters of the way there. Uh, it's just that last quarter. We'll see where it lands. But that's a phenomenal amount of addition to the number of workers coming available. Now, non-permanent residents, that's temporary foreign workers that are coming here to work. It's international students, but it's also uh, refugees that are coming in from Ukraine, from Afghanistan, from Hong Kong. They're coming in with two or three year work visas. It takes them a while to get into the workforce, but it's happening. So, I think that we're fixing the, the uh, excess demand issue on the services side of the economy by generating more employment. You know, a lot of the employment, uh, a lot of employers are trying to fill job vacancies and they're now getting the workers available to do that. So I think in some ways, of course, that's inflationary because it adds to consumer demand. It adds to incomes uh, and certainly population growth of over 2%, which we're going to have this year, that's going to add to demand. But at the same time, we're, you know, we're quenching that demand for, for workers. Uh, and that is fixing this, you know, the gap problem by at, uh, in a good way, by adding to the supply and perhaps taking some pressure away from, from wages. So a, lo a long story, but I think those trends domestically are, are very positive for getting inflation on that sim very similar path that, that we have that the Bank Canada is expecting. You know, financial markets have been fairly up and down this year. At some points, they've said that the, the Bank of Canada might, might cut interest rates by the end of the year if the economy slows too much. Recently, they've focused on the conditional the conditionality of of the bank's uh, signal that it wants to pause, that it, it could raise interest rates. Um, but if inflation is on a fairly regular path now, is it is it possible that in, in the end, they might be able to follow through and leave interest rates unchanged, say, for the, the rest of the year? Well, I've got to say that certainly that was our expectation up until until uh, the Federal Reserve and uh, Chairman uh, Jerome Powell uh, just recently talked about, in fact, may ha maybe having to increase rates further uh, south of the border. Um, you know, I certainly was of the impression that we may see a pause, both, both from the Fed and it was fairly clear from the Bank of Canada that they were set to pause and wait and see, uh, let the full impact of the rate hikes that we've seen thus far uh, have their impact on, on households. Uh, but now, um, you know, with the Fed perhaps a little more concerned because inflation hasn't come down as quickly in the U.S. as it has here. Consumer spending has held up a little bit more strongly. There's a lot of pent up demand and a, a lot of excess savings uh, in both the U.S. and, and Canadian economies. But uh, that's uh, that's certainly showing up more in, in kind of that retail spending activity south of the border. The other thing that we have to keep in mind is that in the U.S., um, mortgages are taken on 30-year terms. So rising interest rates have very little impact on ho homeowners that have already taken on mortgages. Uh, you know, it's certainly going to have an impact on new mortgage financing, uh, and it will have an impact on financing durables like 
car loans, et cetera, uh, but less of an impact on households' indebtedness. And uh, U.S. households are less indebted as well as uh, in comparison to Canadians. So all of these things make uh, that hit to consumers and that tightening a little bit tougher in the U.S., and on top of that, uh, they've seen very strong labor markets, but they don't have the same immigration numbers, at least not official immigration numbers uh, that we have here in Canada. So uh, the labor markets are remaining quite tight. And I think this is why there's concern about inf inflation being more tenacious on, on the domestic side, on, on wages and on, on the services side of the economy. In brief, uh, you know, I do believe that uh, Canada will pause. Um, I think now that pause is probably until the end of next year. This is an interest rate, you know, at four and a half percent that is still above the neutral. That is, it's still taking away or continues to take away from uh, aggregate demand, from consumer spending. So it's contractionary, if, if we can use that jargon. Um, and so that means it'll continue to work against uh, you know, the economy, uh, even at the level that it's at without necessarily having to raise it further. Uh, I think the big question is when they start to, when will they start to lower, um, you know, and that'll depend on the over, you know, the inflation numbers. So we get those inflation numbers kind of mid month from the U S and Canada, but, uh, roughly, uh, we'll have to keep our eye on those numbers and, and see if they continue to head in the right direction. Um, that will be the telling mark as to when we start to see those rates come down. So that sounds like it could be a fairly decent pause. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, something I've I've heard in other places about inflation is that there is a the so-called base effect, uh, maybe a one-time shock that pushed up the inflation rate. As that unwinds, there can be you know fairly easy recovery or slowdown in inflation, but that it, there might be sort of a last mile problem, so to speak, that getting inflation the last bit back to 2% could be harder than some of the um, slowdown we're seeing now. Is that something that's very concerning to you or something that, that you think is a, is a possibility? Yeah, well, I, I mean, definitely we have seen uh, kind of base effects come off. Um, you know, we've, we've seen that in the last few uh, readings of inflation. Uh, really, inflation has come down because gasoline prices have come down energy prices have come down and and that's essentially that base effect and and the deflation that we've seen in oil price we saw oil prices really on a tear uh especially early uh, essentially this time last year when that uh russian invasion uh, started uh there was a lot of concern about supply of, uh, of oil globally. And, and we saw that uh, taking off and adding to inflationary pressures across the board, because of course, oil enters, uh, you know, the supply chain, not just in transport, but across the board in plastics and everywhere else. So the fact that uh, we have seen inflation come down a little bit is some of these, uh, you know, some transitory or, or base year effects coming off. Uh, and that's very, I think, very positive. Where we worry about inflation being more tenacious is on the services. Uh, it, it's essentially on the wage side, uh, and that's domestic. And as these initial hits to inflation occur, then, of course, you know, labor uh, wants to see, uh, you know, essentially their pur purchasing power restored. So they push very hard to get their wages up. And, we, we, you know, we've seen that across the board. Wages have gone, uh, you know, in the U.S. and Canada to that 5% range. Uh, they're kind of still in that 5% range in, in Canada. And wages don't come back down like oil prices. They stay where they are. Um, and so it takes time before we um, we wear away at that inflation on, on the kind of the, the cost push inflation domestically, if you like. On And this is especially uh, going to affect 
services across the board, um, you know, public services as well as uh, private services. Uh, you know, we keep thinking about accommodation and food services, these industries that are still catching up, that are having trouble finding workers, that are offering higher wages to uh, to fill these uh, these jobs. And so, uh, you know, this is where we're um, looking at uh, this kind of more tenacious inflation. And that's the piece that's going to take longer. As we get that top line inflation number down, this piece will take longer to wear away uh, on, on, on the total. Um, you, you mentioned you mentioned something that's come up a, a lot this week, uh, uh, the idea that, you know, people now see the Bank of Canada pausing while the Fed has talked about becoming even more aggressive on on interest rate rises. Uh, I, I guess I'd like to ask it this way. When when inflation was rising, there were central bankers in, in Canada and around the world that that said um, inflation was a global phenomenon, you know, linked to commodities and supply chains. Part of the argument the Bank of Canada is making now seems to be saying it can diverge a bit from other countries now that there, maybe there are more domestic forces. Is there something there? Is Canada able to diverge on interest rates because our inflation is now a bit more domestic? You know, I think those global pressures on commodities and on supply chain snags and on durable goods, those are coming off. So when Canada looks inward, then yes, the rest of it is, uh, a lot of it is domestic. It's the wages that we just talked about. Um, you know, and uh, I think we are having uh, certainly we are seeing a little bit more success perhaps in the US recently in terms of some of those uh, some of those pressures but i i go back to the big difference between canada um, most oecd countries and certainly the us is on the supply side on the on the number of workers coming into the countryside agree with it or not because of course uh you know there are pressures uh associated with uh, bringing a million people into the country all, all in one year uh you know we we talk often about housing pressures are we going to be able to meet that that housing demand uh you know that's certainly an issue to be considered but uh in terms of adding to the supply of workers and fixing the problem domestically by adding to the capacity of meeting that excess demand on the services side. Um, as we see these workers enter the workforce, a lot of people won't want to hear this, but you know, if you have this many people coming into the workforce, it should take some pressure off of wages, which I think is that big component that domestically we need to be, you know, watching. So wages are still running hot in, in Canada. No, no, there's no doubt about that. But, um, you know, I, I think, again, this is where Canada differs is in, you know, our openness to immigration, especially over the last year, in comparison to other jurisdictions. You know, another element that that has has come up this week is if Canada and the U.S. diverge on interest rates, would this do much to the Canadian dollar? But I, I wondered in terms of policy, you know, there are currency if if the currency depreciates. Sometimes the Bank of Canada might respond and sometimes it wouldn't respond. How sensitive do you think they might be to currency weakness? So, yes, the bank will need to be ear to the ground, uh, checking the inflation numbers, uh, checking the price of imports. Um, and if there is a divergence in interest rates, you know, I, I think we could maintain a 50 basis point uh, difference if the Fed were to go ahead with another 25 or 50 basis points. But every time they do that, there's going to be pressure on our currency. Uh, and if they go much beyond that or need to go much beyond that, you know, we may be hard pressed not to follow up at least a little bit. Fiscal policy. We've seen the government say that they want to show a little bit of fiscal restraint. They want they don't want to make the Bank of Canada's inflation fight any harder. You know, I, I think if we add on a net basis to spending going forward, 
this is just going to cause problems for monetary policy. And we're going to probably have higher rates to take that away again. And, uh, you know, what we've seen from Statistics Canada, in fact, in the last quarter, is that the transfers to persons, you know, that in 2020 and 2021 uh, were based on the, the CERB and other programs. These programs were coming off. So transfers to persons were coming off. But guess what? All of a sudden, inflation is, is pretty hot. And a lot of the provincial governments came back with measures to offset uh, these uh, the costs to households. Some of them directed at, at lower income households, which I you know I, I think is fine. But most of these measures were quite broad. And so all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter of, uh, of the data that of twenty twenty two, the data that uh, Statistics Canada just just released, we see a fair massive influx uh, into the hands of households of government transfers. So this, again, is not helping uh, with the situation where we're trying. In fact, the Bank of Canada is trying very hard to beat back <laughs> spending. And and uh, so, again, I think there's, you know, we need to be uh, uh, very conscious of the situation of aggregate uh, excess aggregate demand that we're in, we need to make sure that uh, we're we're not adding to you know fuel to that fire. So um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll have to see. I think we are going to see. I, I, you know, I think the government has already talked about being very prudent on the fiscal side. You know, I, I think up until now we've seen a government that has, uh, how should I say, taken advantage of better than expected results to continue to add to uh you know the support that the, and, and programs and, and spending uh some of these programs i can't take you know can't say that they have been that they're not good programs you know we think of daycare we think of uh other programs that are out there certainly healthcare. there's demands for that um but it, it, you know in this in this budget you know i think we need to be very prudent about any additional spending uh if we if we want to put in, put in more measures they have to be back end loaded we can't have anything up front and at the provincial level we should be conscious of that hopefully we won't see too much more from uh ontario and, and quebec budgets <laughs> coming up uh, as well in terms of, of stimulating the economy i i wondered if it's uh time to talk a bit about potential lessons or or ways um, policymakers might might adjust from here. You know, you know, the Bank of Canada has said, you know, in some ways, they one of their core inflation measures was a little bit misleading for them, and you know, they pledged to hold rates low, and then they ended up hiking. And they've also faced some political criticism for either being too stimulative or too tight. Now, is there any obvious way in which the Bank of Canada might look back at this period of the last couple of years uh, and the strains the economy has put through, and and think there are ways they can change their approach on policy? Well, I think there was a mistake made um, on the monetary policy side, and that was uh, essentially ignoring how rapidly home prices had taken off through the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of discussion around home prices being pushed up because of excess demand on enough construction, et cetera. But, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is that through this, certainly through the pandemic, um, what happened was uh, a, a huge amount of savings that households managed to to have um, this this pandemic was not a recession like any other recession. Most recessions you lose your labor income um, and household disposable income drops. Through our pandemic, we lost our work effort, we lost our labor income, but that, that was more than offset uh, by support programs uh, that federal and, and provincial governments put in. So we actually saw a massive gain in disposable income. Um, disposable income growth was close to 8% in, in real terms in, in 2020. 
So uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point here, but essentially uh, we, we saved an awful lot of money in 2020 and 2021. And then, of course, we started to reopen the economy. There was uh, remote work happening. There was just a, 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 a you know, this frothy <laughs> kind of uh, development for new, more housing. People just wanted more housing. They wanted bigger office space. They wanted this. And of course, interest rates were a half a percent. Uh, and so not only did we put our savings into the into the real estate market, but we borrowed massively, in fact, massive amounts uh, to put into the real estate market. And guess what? It's a fixed fixed stock of housing. So that was just purely inflationary. You know, we, we of course we couldn't build quickly enough to to meet this demand. Uh, but essentially, we put in all this more all this uh, capital into what is a more or less a fixed stock of housing in, in Canada. So that drove up the prices. Now, home prices on their own inched them, inch their way into CPI very slowly. There, you know, there's not there's home ownership costs are in the CPI, uh, <clears throat> but um, you know the 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 average price of a resale home doesn't end up in the CPI. Doesn't show up there. Uh, it's more the mortgage financing and the cost of home ownership. And of course, with interest rates at a half a percent, you know, it just wasn't showing up. But guess what? Now that is biting us because. Uh, home prices, you know, appreciated massively through the pandemic, and now we're seeing rental rates uh, catching up to that. And, and mortgage rates are up, so home ownership costs are up. Uh, the price of rental uh, homes uh, shows up clearly in the CPI, and they're catch still catching up with home prices. So, long story short, I think the mistake was not paying more attention to this very rapid price in uh, very rapid uh, inflation in the price of existing homes. I think the bank should have been more careful about what was going on in that market. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you want, uh, if you want to boil it down to, uh, to, to that, it's essentially we were perhaps a little too slow in raising, uh, in raising interest rates, not necessarily because of transitory effects uh, that we talked about early on commodity prices and this and that, you know, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, you know, we were all talking about these transitory impacts, uh, but the home price appreciation, this was an affordability issue. And I think the bank should have been a, a little more in tune to what was going on in real estate markets. Uh, yes, I think a lot of Canadians are feeling that squeeze. Absolutely. And I think that's a good place to um, to wrap it up. This has been the FedSpeak podcast by MNI Market News. I want to thank Pedro for being my guest today. And uh Hope you have a good week.